0: This is the Voice of Reason with Andy I feel like I've been chasing my tail all day today. I've been chasing myself. It's been way too busy. I can't stay ahead. But hey, that's what we do, I guess, for towards the end of the week for a pre-Friday celebration. Welcome into the broadcast. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country. Radio, TV, and live streaming. Plus, the podcasting we have as well. Great to have you along for the ride today. A big show. The next two days, today and tomorrow, we don't have a whole lot of time to just chit-chat. we got to get down to business, baby, as we have a lot of great guests I want to talk to and get to. So I'm excited as there's a lot of things happening very quickly, and we try to stay on top of it as much as we can. Even with the one-hour program, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag. So that's what we do here. You can find us all over social media at Hoosier Reason is our handle on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn. Uh, not on Parler, now that Parler's kind of gone to the wayside. Also on Minds.com. We do have the live streaming up right now on Twitch.tv with Hoosier Reason on the YouTube channel and the website at Hoosier Reason.com. Let's see, coming up at the bottom of the hour, excited to have on Mike Gonzalez. He is a member of the 1776 Commission. As we talk about how the left, the progressives, the Democrats like to change U.S. history and they've done it so well in our history books and in our classrooms to where we just don't understand what our real history is actually about. Because remember now we are just a nation full of just, you know, uh, property owning white racist rich dudes. And that's what they like to say. So therefore, everything that our nation's founded upon is completely null and void. And we should just completely disregard it. And we should go like pure socialism or something because that's what they want. So we'll get to that at the bottom of the hour. Right now, though, if you've been watching it all with some of the big news today. What's trending today? So the big news today was that the House of Representatives voted to uh, boot. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene from the uh, committees that she was on, and she spoke earlier today on the House floor, and this is what she had to say. So,
1: in 20, later in 2018, when I started finding misinformation, lies, things that were not true in these QAnon posts, I stopped believing it. And I want to tell you, any source, and I say this to everyone, any source of information that is a mix of truth and a mix of lies is dangerous no matter what it is saying what party it is helping, anything or any country it's about. It's dangerous. And these are the things that happen on the left and the right.
0: All right, so that was her, I guess, explanation, apology, whatever it was for being a, quote-unquote, QAnon supporter or follower, at least back in the day, and then shunning them. But the Democrats now on complete assault. Anybody who challenged the Electoral College In January, anybody who is a supporter of Donald Trump or really anybody, especially if you were a QAnon supporter in any way, shape or form, which, again, it's kind of fascinated me, but they obviously nothing that said have actually come true. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt, I guess. But I'm not against conspiracy theorists. But because they're trying to prove a point now that Democrats have both chambers, now that they have the presidency, it's full out assault, censorship and just attack anyone who disagrees with them or may be a threat to them or may just be a conspiracy theorist in some degree or may have different views. And is she an example of that or was she truly a danger with what she was actually saying? I'm excited to have on the program to talk to us about that. He's the co-founder and executive editor for the Conservative Coalition for Climate Solution. It's John Hart hanging out with us here. John, how are you, my friend?
2: I'm great, Annie.
0: It's good to be on. It's good to have you on. I appreciate you coming on the program on a short notice about this issue. This is a big thing. We just essentially booted a brand-new freshman congresswoman from Georgia from any committee ship that she was involved in to try and do what she was elected to do in Congress. She's not allowed to do said things in Congress anymore because uh, the Democrats and some Republicans don't like her and think she's a nut job and a conspiracy theorist is this the way we need to be handling issues in Washington, D.C., or is this just more of the uh, the censorship that's going on in D.C.? Is this the cancel culture because we don't like what you say or think, therefore you shouldn't have a position?
2: Yeah, Andy, you know, what I want to see happen is I want to see a fight about ideas on the left and right. And the reason the left goes after people so hard on the right is they don't want to have a fight about the content. So back in 2016, uh, at the very beginning, the Democrats launched a conspiracy theory and attack against President Trump that there was a Russia collusion. That's, and that's why he was elected. Yeah. So I wrote a column about that for Forbes called From from Russia with Laughter. If you remember the old James Bond movie mm. from Russia with Love. Yeah. So so they they were laughing their their you know what you what's off in, in Moscow. And so so Democrats want to, you know, it's okay to have to be a conspiracy theorist if you're on the left. But if you're on the right, then you need to be crucified. Now, I think what Marjorie Taylor Greene has said is is she said a lot of crazy and repulsive things. I think that I think the House leadership needs to look at the rules and and look at should we put people on committees who who have, you know, a a track record like that. But, you know, voters, we have elections for a reason. Voters get to vote, make decisions. But all of this, Andy, is a, is a smokescreen because what the left does not want to do is have a debate about ideas. They, they don't want to debate the size and scope of government. They don't want to acknowledge the fact that conservatives have much better solutions on environmental stewardship. You know, They want to ram the Green New Deal down our throats. They want to use it to enact Medicare for all, to enact universal basic income. And, and that's what we've got to pivot to is, is a fight about ideas. And when we do that, we win and and look at what, what you know President Trump lost but but we did pretty well as conservatives in house races we were supposed to lose a bunch of seats and we gained seats yeah so that's what that's really what's going on here is is they don't want to they don't want to have a fair fight about ideas because when they do they lose
0: well, no, but they're the victims still as well. Even though they won and still have the majority, they are the victims. You hear Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez right now saying that she refuses to work with people like Ted Cruz because he literally, quote-unquote, tried to get her killed because he somehow inside of the violence and he was part of it. So, therefore, she refuses to work with anyone on the other side of the aisle because victimhood works on the other side of the aisle. I mean, that right there should be... Uh, just as appalling to leadership in Congress as something is what, you know, some of the conspiracies that Marjorie Taylor Greene had talked about as well. I mean, we got to have a line here saying that you can't just come out and say that Ted Cruz tried to have you killed because he supported Donald Trump and conservatives, and therefore the protests happened that he incited and he created somehow, and therefore he wanted AOC killed. Like, that's that's crazy. Yeah,
2: yeah. Again, it's it's, it's total hypocrisy, and, and Ilian Omar, you know, she made, a series of anti-Semitic comments. Uh, you had Democrats uh, who cast the same vote against against uh, certifying the election. And you know, some people objected in 2016 that again it was a Russia collusion, and they objected to certifying. But in, back in, in 2005, this isn't talked about enough. Barbara Boxer in the Senate. I was working for Tom Coburn in the Senate at, at that time, and uh, Barbara Boxer objected to the Ohio to certifying the Ohio delegates. And I think it was twenty-seven. I have to get the exact number, but I think it was, it was twenty-seven House members voted to not certify. So, so again, it's if we're going to start censuring people for for using what power they think they have under the Constitution. Now, I, I don't agree that that that's the right use of that power. My, you know, my I, my position is the same as Mike Lee's, yeah. senator from Utah. He thinks he thinks. Look, you know, Congress, we were not given the authority under the Constitution, to be to be an election supervisor board. But all I have to say is I think reasonable conservatives, you know, disagree on that. But, but again, if Democrats want to censure Republicans, they need to start by censuring, you know, the couple dozen people who uh, who did that on their side. And, and and not just censure, but impeach them, because we can impeach people after, after they've left office. Um, so, again, Andy, says we, we've got to, as... as you know, and not just as conservatives, but as Americans, we need to step back and think, you know, we have gone, we're going off the deep end Yeah. in terms of, of being a post-truth uh, society. Well, just having and we dialogue. need to go back to,
0: like you we said, need, yeah, we need yeah. to talk to people. Exactly. Oh, what about the Republican Party itself? Now that we have even leadership in the Republicans being like, oh, hold off, we don't want this. I mean, the direction of the Republican Party in the future i mean donald trump was the party the last rnc convention last year didn't even pass a platform it was we're going to support donald trump which was his message of you know deregulating giving the power back to the people you know in boosting small business that's sort of, that sort of platform right. and the republican party embraced that now we have the old guard republicans the Mitt romney styles that are like let's cast everybody out uh that's a trump supporter because we don't necessarily like them the QAnon support which i don't like the Trump legacy being tied with like a QAnon Mm -hmm. conspiracy. I think that's a little silly to do. But they're trying to just lump it all together and cast it all out. Let's go back to the same old, same old, what we used Mm -hmm. to do back in the day. And then we have the 75 million voters that voted for Donald Trump that's like, wait a second, we started a massive movement here. Why would you start casting Mm -hmm. us out? I mean, what's the future of the party hold, and who do you think is going to prevail here?
2: Yeah, yeah. Here's here's how I view this. So I view the, the, the future Cannot and should not look like the past. Now, the past. The reality is the past includes every, the whole range from what I would call the Gerald the Gerald Ford Republicans, the, the Bob Dole Republicans, and even Donald Trump. Because what what the what President Trump did, he you know politicians often have a problem of they say one thing and do another. You know Joe Biden says he wants unity, but he's 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 taking all these dis disunity actions. President Trump. He did some phenomenal things for the country. He did a lot of great things for the country. But then he would go out and say things that totally changed the subject, undermined his own accomplishments. And he needlessly alienated millions of people. And that's and that's why he didn't win the election. So I think the answer is the the problem is not the 75 million people who voted for Donald Trump, because they like the results and the product that was produced under his administration. Now the reality is his, the ideas that he advanced were a, a I would call it a a kind of a, an update from Reagan realism. So okay. on foreign policy, he was an anti-interventionist. He wasn't a neoconservative, but he was not an isolationist. Uh, you know, Mike Pompeo, I don't, you know, uh, Mike Pompeo is not an isolationist. Nikki Haley is not an isolationist. Right. But neither neither governed as interventionists. And so so I think that's the future is is is. You know, if we go back, we can't try to recreate Reagan. We can't try to recreate Trump. We can't try to recreate anybody that we've liked. We've got to take the ideas that are true that transcend parties and apply them to today's challenges. That's what the founders did. That's that's why constitutional conservatism, I think, is the answer. Yeah. you know, it's it's reapplying and rebooting the founders' insight uh, for the future, and, and not having this sort of sentimental attachment to your favorite politician.
0: Well, and it was a, the, the ability to reach out and actually gain new followers as well by teaching about conservative principles that you usually don't get because mainst- the mainstream media tries to demonize it so badly that he actually went into certain communities, which is why he won a higher percentage of the African-American population. He won more of a Hispanic population right. because they saw what he was doing directly as opposed to the media trying to say how bad it actually was. John Hart, co-founder of the executive editor for the Conservative Coalition for Climate Solutions. You can find him online at c3solutions.org. You can see number three solutions R got about 30 seconds before we're going to let you go, uh, John, but talk about, are you optimistic about the Republican party or do you think the establishment old guard has such a stronghold that it's going to be really difficult to kind of weed them out of the party? You
2: know, I I'm, I'm, I'm actually more optimistic. I think the, the truth is having, having been around politics for a long time, DC is not house of cards. It's house of chaos. There is so much, disorganization and disarray behind the scenes, there is no, there is no establishment pulling the strings. So the power really does rest with the people. And that's, that's why I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm confident in the, the wisdom of the crowds and, and, and the good, the goodwill of people in my home state of Kansas to, to make good decisions and lead us in a good direction.
0: Amen to that. I hope you're right, and a fellow Kansan as well, coming from the Kansas City area. We're just south of you in the Wichita area. So, John, we yeah. appreciate the time very much, my friend. Let's do this again Keep real back. soon. We'll love to get you back on. Yep, yeah. yeah, go Chiefs! Yeah. yeah, absolutely. There you go, go Chiefs! Going into that Super Bowl, John, we appreciate that very much. We'll take a break. We got lots more to get to here on the show for a pre-Friday celebration. Donald Trump making one of his first announcements as well with a letter. We'll read that one coming up on the show as well next here on the Voice of Reason. The Voice of Reason. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. republic you're listening to the voice of reason with andy Housier. Welcome back into the program 24 minutes past the hour thanks for hanging out with us today radio and tv plus the live streaming and the podcasting thereafter as well all of it right here on the show for a Thursday, the pre-Friday celebration, the way we roll each and every day. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Thanks again to John Hart coming on the program. Great conversation. So the future of the Republican Party, what will it look like, the disorderly chaos that goes on in Washington, D.C.? Can we take hold of that with some conservative principles back in the party, or will we continue to oust anybody that may think a little bit differently, may even be a quote-unquote conspiracy theorist or Someone we just don't like because that's what's going on by both establishment Republicans and the Democrat Party because now they have the complete control. So we'll see. And it's a scary thought, isn't it? Kind of scary. So uh, we'll talk about some more of that throughout the program today. Get your thoughts on that. But thanks again to him coming on. Mike Gonzalez will be on in just a little bit here. The 1776 Commission trying to erase history from the left, which is kind of what we're, we're in the daytime history right now. We are making history as we speak. So are the days of our lives. Yes, we are in history as we speak right now with everything that's going on because we are in monumental times and it's kind of interesting uh, for sure. But first, I want to get into something else that's trending today. What's trending today? <laughs> so Donald Trump has finally made his first semi-public uh, message as he sent a letter to a actor's guild or an actor's union that is trying to draw him up on charges because of, quote-unquote, the insurrection in Washington, D.C. Here's a hat tip to BuzzFeedNews.com. Is Donald Trump, the Home Alone 2 New York actor and former president of the United States, resigned from the Screen Actors Guild today in a letter that can only be described as an outstandingly petty letter? How dare him. Him being all petty-like. I love how... You should be able to attack him, even have pictures of like him being beheaded and threatened to blow up the White House and wish ill on his family and wish that he's dead and wish that he's the most horrible human being on the face of the earth. And if he responds in any way, then he's just petty. And how dare him because he's just petty and look how low he gets because how dare he actually come out and respond to any of this stuff. I find kind of entertaining. But he wrote a letter. Now, I thought this was a joke. When I read it, I laughed and I said, this cannot be real. But this is truly him. So, well done. Here's what he says in the letter, according to BuzzFeed. I write to you today—this is writing to, by the way, the the Actors Guild. I write to you today regarding the so-called disciplinary committee hearing aimed at revoking my union membership. Who cares? While I'm not familiar with your work, I'm very proud of my work on movies such as Home Alone 2, Zoolander, and Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, and TV shows including The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Saturday Night Live, and of course one of the most successful shows in television history, The Apprentice, just to name a few. I'm also greatly helped uh, i've also greatly helped the cable news tv business said to be dying platform with not much time left until i got involved in politics and created thousands of jobs at networks such as msdnc and fake news cnn among many others which brings me to your blatant attempt at free media attention to distract from your dismal record as a union your organization has done little for its members and nothing for me besides collecting dues and promoting dangerous un-American policies and ideas as evident by your massive unemployment ratings and lawsuits from uh, celebrated actors who even recorded a video asking, why isn't the union fighting for me? I no longer wish to associate with your union. As such, this letter is to inform you of my immediate resignation from the uh, SAG-AFTRA that you have done nothing for me. Sincerely, from the office of Donald J. Trump. (laughs) I think that's outstanding. So his first letter, he's not holding back anymore. Anyway. He's not president. He doesn't have to play nice anymore. And now that he's out doing his own thing, he don't care. Hashtag Trump don't care. He just wants to send his message out, and whoever wants to hear it, that's fine. So he has officially canceled his membership as a, in part of the Actors Guild. And uh, they're going to be like, oh, fine, we didn't want you anyways. But they wanted to do an investigative committee on him for the insurrection, quote-unquote, in the— issues that went on in Washington, D.C., and he let them have it. So, welcome back, Donald Trump. It's good to finally hear from you for the last two weeks, and you came out with some show and some flash and pizzazz the way you do every single time. You, uh, yeah, well done. You didn't disappoint. That's the kind of Donald Trump we were hoping for for the next four years in Washington, D.C., but we'll use that on the outside, I guess. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
3: When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Holy cow, is it really halfway
0: through the program already? It goes by way too fast. Way too fast. We had a lot to get to, and we're going to try and get to so much more here on the last half hour of the program. So welcome in, Radio TNTV, plus the live streaming and the podcasting. You can find us on social media at Hoosier Reason plus the website reason.com as we try to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. Reading some comments here on social media about uh, just some of the last comments that we had yet. Donald Trump, so he had that letter out to the Actors Guild. That was pretty outstanding. Plus, we had um, Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's been voted out of some of the committees. The really, the point is, we are in the making of history right now. The future of the Republican Party is at stake. The activism that Donald Trump created, what's next for the nation, as the left is now empowered to kind of attack how they want to do so, silence whatever they want to, the cancer, col- cancer culture of how they want to. It's a dangerous time, which means we need to stay active and engaged as much as possible, which is why I'm really excited to talk to our next guest here as we talk about what's trending. What's trending today? So with what's trending today, we have... Joe Biden canceling things, AOC canceling things. You know, the two bright ones, right? The really bright ones. We have and Joe Biden. Yes, we do,
2: yeah. and I'm sure we can, we can proclaim pers- the promised
0: uh-huh. Uh-huh. with the <laughs>
2: promised who wrote these following words,
3: the Lord is my strength and my shield.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, we have a genius elected official now, or elected leader as president of the United States. We also have... Really the one kind of pulling the strings behind the Democrat Party in the House.
2: I am told this is a garbage disposal.
0: (laughs) Still my favorite clip. These are the ones that are now leading the nation. Do you feel comfortable now? I'm excited to have on the program with us. He is a member of the 1776 Commission. He's also with the Heritage Foundation and author of the book, The Plot to Change America, How Identity Politics is Dividing the Land of the Free. We've uh, had him on the program before, and we're excited to have him back on. Mr. Mike Gonzalez with us here. Mike, how are you, my friend? Hey, Andy. Thanks a lot for having me on. It's great to have you back on the program. It's a crazy time, and as you look at history, and you're obviously involved in a lot of history and looking at history, are we in the making of history right now with the prior Donald Trump administration, with the transition, and now with the wildness of cancer uh, cancer culture in our nation?
3: Let me let me throw another one in. I really don't want you to get any sleep tonight, so let me scare you in another way. <laughs> one day, what really bothers me is this push uh, for equity uh, by the Biden-Harris administration mm. uh, and not equality. And and uh, I want to make this very clear to your listeners, because the vast majority of Americans, when they hear equity, they, they hear a good thing. And equity is a good thing, uh, because it means equal treatment under, under the law. And that has what it has always meant, but under the corrupted uh, meaning of the Biden-Harris administration, equity and equality are very different. Equality is when you treat people equally, when the government treats all Americans equally. Yes. Inequity is when you treat people, you give Americans disparate treatment. But disparate treatment, according to membership in one of the oppressed, oppressed categories, right? So we always, as a society, we've decided we're going to take care of, the, of our poor. We're going to take care of the unfortunate. But this is not means-tested disparate treatment. This is disparate treatment according to whether you're in a category that the government has deemed to be oppressed. And, and so under this corrupted view of equity, uh, what, what the government will seek is equal outcomes. That's equality they like, equality of outcomes. In equality, equal treatment under the law is to be frowned upon because it will not produce equal outcomes. Now, in his very first day in office, Biden signed that probably the first executive order he signed was a, a executive order with a long name, executive order on advancing racial equity and, and support for underserved communities. Mm-hmm. And it was in that order, by the way, that he that he revoked uh my commission. But that order mentions the word equity twenty one times. Uh, wow. and you know how many times the word equality is mentioned? Zero. Wow. And the poor man cannot get these buzzwords off the teleprompter fast enough. The other day, he made a mistake, and he almost said equality, and he stopped, he backed up on himself, and he said equity. So so this is what worries me, because this is something that goes, it violates the Constitution. We cannot have the government treating Americans unequally. Yeah. And and it really violates cherished notions by many Americans of of, of the way society should be.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that because I did watch one of the press conferences with his new uh, press team which was, you know, comical to watch but they were talking about the equity and I I made a comment then where I never heard the word equity n- uh, mentioned so many times as they were talking about an executive order coming up, and I believe it was on like small businesses and how minority small businesses in, in communities uh, and the equity that they were talking about and the equity they were investing in and the equity of the small business by minorities and the equity of uh, minorities uh, themselves. And I never heard that na- that word mentioned so many times. It was very strange to me. So that it makes sense now. Yeah, and, and it's
3: a... It, so- some people are saying, "Well, there's a, an evolution in the meaning of the word equity." No, no, this is not an evolution, quote unquote. This is a rhetorical cleansing of what they're trying to do, and this is this is a distortion on purpose. What they're trying to do is confuse Americans, whom we now notice a new, in gigantic, a gigantic difference, right? So again, equality and equity used to mean pretty much similar things, uh, but under Kamala Harris, I mean, let me read to you from a tweet. She sent out in early November, because she made it very clear. She's really driving the issue here. She wrote, quote, there's a big difference between equality and equity. Uh, That is not true. But uh, for them, what you listeners should should understand is that to them, to our new government, there is. Now, she goes on. Equality suggests everyone should get the same amount. Equity, on the other hand, is about giving people the resources and support they need Equitable treatment means we all end up in the same place. Unquote. Mm. I just quoted to you Kamala Harris. Now, that has never been the American ideal. The American, the American ideal is equal treatment, not equal outcomes. Madison in, in Federalist 10 discussed that we all had a, a a diversity of faculties, by which he meant we had different, and that's a good, word, a good use of the word diversity, by the way, sure. a, by which he meant we all had different talents. And, and he's, he wrote, you, you listeners, should go, go and read, Federal Stand, very accessible. It's not written in flowery 18th century language. He says, we're going to end up with different outcomes. And that's normal. And the first order, the first job of government is to protect our, dis, our, our, our diverse faculties. For, for, for the, the, the idea that, you know, to each according to his ability and to each, from each according to his ability and to each according to his needs, that's the opposite. That's the, that's not the American ideal. That's a that's the Soviet ideal. That's what Marx wrote. Right. But now it's being practiced here.
0: Wow. It's unbelievable to see what they're doing, I mean, in and treating people so differently. But it's just that, that small change of word, that small change of context where they view the American people and how they see them as, quote-unquote, assets to the federal government, which is kind of strange. Talk about your commission, the 1776 commission. What was it and why, during his nice little 50 executive order marathon that Joe Biden went through, did he disband the 1776 commission? I'm not just
3: – no, hang on, hang on. More respect is required here. His first executive order.
0: Yeah,
3: I am. I am, I was both baffled and flattered. In in that executive order, I just I just I just uh, uh, discussed with you that it, it was just one paragraph in which he revoked my command our commission. Wow. All we're trying to do is say let's look at American history dispassionately, well, even with passion, but 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 at least uh, um, without a, a political agenda. Let's right. Look at what happens. These retailers have a student access documents: the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, the Declaration, uh, the, the, the Federalist Papers, the, the Northwest Ordinance. The, these these five documents that that are the the launching pad of the United States. Let's look at them. Let's analyze them. Things happen. History is nonpartisan. Historical facts. Things happen. You know you can't undo history. The, the, the problem with the left is that it looks at history as a narrative, one of many narratives. Right. And they, they, that can be challenged and overthrown by a council.
0: Wow. Nope, did we lose you, Mike?
3: Change the future. This I called my book The Plot to Change America. There is a plot. Is, I don't mean by a conspiracy where people meet in the basement, but it is a, the plot here is to divide the country into, into warring tribes, into different groups, into identity groups, Instill in the member of the the quote unquote oppressed categories a hatred of America, a hatred of the system, a hate a hate hatred of, of, of the institutions, so they will get rid of the institutions, get rid of the system, and replace them with new ones. Sure. And, and that is in in the people who promote this stuff, all of them, from the leaders of the Black Lives Matters organizations to Ibram X Kendi to Robin DiAngelo, they all they're all on the record. This is not Mike Gonzalez saying this. They're on the record of saying they hate capitalism and we need to dismantle capitalism. That just, is very strong stuff and we know, we, yeah. we all need to be very very aware of
0: that. Oh, it's it's you should be scared to death as you mentioned. You should be staying up at night thinking about this and figure out a way to not let this happen. we got about 30, sec- uh, 30 seconds left before we have to let you go. Mike Gonzalez, member of the 1776 Commission, also author of the book The Plot to Change America. When history writers, when historians look at today's time, 100, 200, 300 years from now, what do you think they're gonna see? Do you think they're gonna be like, "Wow, these guys were nuts with the identity politics they played," or is this the time that America rose out of the fog that they were in to really clean things up? In about twenty seconds,
3: uh, there's two options. One, the, the administration realizes it's making a big mistake and reverses course. But the American people say, "No way, no way. We're not. We're not having that." In which case, Biden will have to reverse course because you cannot push this stuff on, on, on an unwilling
0: public. I really hope so. I really hope so that we we come up, we realize the error of our ways, and we stop some of the shenanigans because they're not going to do it from themselves in Washington, D.C., so we have to do it ourselves. Mike, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. We appreciate the time. Let's do this again here soon. Bye, Andy. Hey, always a good time right there. Make sure to check it out. The plot to change America. You can visit him on heritage.org with the Heritage Foundation. Always good to talk with Mike Gonzalez. Love it. Wrap up the show here when we come back after one more segment. It goes by way too fast, by far the fastest hour of radio on radio. Back after this here on The Voice of Reason. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Just find us at Who's Your Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at yourreason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why?
3: You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into
0: the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We've covered more on this program than I think any other program covers in one hour. We cover more in one hour of a program than what most shows do in a week because that's what we do as your millennial general reporting for duty today as we do every single day radio and tv plus the live streaming and the podcasting do me a favor go to hoosierreason.com give us some hits on the website make sure to subscribe to our newsletter at hoosierreason.com h-o-o-s-e-r reason.com sign up become a Hoosier holic. we have a lot of people doing so we have broken records on our podcasting most people like on our newsletter we're, we're just killing it all over the place so thank you we're growing it's a big year for you and for us, and we are so excited. So thanks for hanging out each and every day. So today was kind of a big, and thanks, by the way, to our guests coming on the program today. It was really cool. Tomorrow we have some really big guests, and it's going to be another day with jam-packed interviews nonstop with two of them. One of them is a newly elected senator right here in the state of Kansas. He was a former congressman now moved up to the Senate. Congressman Roger Marshall we sat down with him uh, earlier today and did an interview so we're going to play that interview. I was going to air it on Monday but he really wanted to throw in the whole Go Chiefs thing for the Super Bowl this weekend so (laughs) okay so I figured you know what I can't play that after the Super Bowl is already done on on Monday so we're going to play it tomorrow. So we'll have that at the beginning of the program plus another guest wrapping up the show and wrapping up the week as well. So Tomorrow's a big program. You're not going to want to miss it. But we have uh, a new senator, freshman senator, up there, and he's been a heck of a fighter up there. Where he did challenge the electoral college, he did try to stop the impeachment proceedings in the U.S. Senate. He is fighting for the right thing. He's on a lot of. He's on like five different committees already, so he's killing it. We appreciate what he does, and we'll chat with Senator Roger Marshall tomorrow on the show. You're not going to want to miss that one. But the Republican Party itself, right now is really in a teetering point. Which direction are we going to go? As we mentioned before, there do we embrace the Republican-Donald Trump movement of 75 million voters that voted for Donald Trump to hold up the populist conservative movement and say, yes, we need a change, no, we don't like politicians, no, we're not going to trust the federal government, no, we're not going to give you all the power, or are we going to go back to the old guard of you guys just handle issues, you... Create a bill that affects us like 2% of the time. The rest of it goes to foreign nations and to your own little pocketbooks and your own little special interests. Then you go on the media and you haggle over that 2% Or if you don't pass the bill, people die in the streets. If you do pass the bill, then people are going to die in the streets. And you just go about that. And everything's about you, but it's not really about you, the American people. That's really the message that we're sending right now in the Republican Party. What direction are we going? Now, look, the Democrats are in their same Issue. They have the old guard. Do we hang on to the way we did things before? And now we have the new socialist. Oh, we're really starting to take hold of the party. But Republicans are really going to have to make a dire decision here very, very soon. And today was kind of a message of that. The Marjorie Taylor Greene, the congresswoman out of the state of Georgia, I don't know much about her. All I know is that the media tells us that she was a QAnon supporter, so therefore she's a radical conspiracy theorist nutjob. And shes I've seen some of the comments that she's made, and they're a little out there. But outside of that, I don't think casting out conspiracy theorists from the party is, that, is something that we should be doing. Conspiracy theories themselves, as a conspiracy theorist, which I am not, but I entertain them because I find them fascinating, is someone that just distrusts the system and thinks that there's something going on to explain why things happen. And they have a theory that is a conspiracy about that. That's all it is. Some of them are good. Some of them are funny. Some of them just go far-fetched. Now she said, according to her, that she has cast those theories out.
1: So in twenty later in twenty eighteen, when I started finding misinformation, lies, things that were not true in these QAnon posts, I stopped believing it. And I want to tell you, any source, and I say this to everyone, any source of information that is a mix of truth and a mix of lies is dangerous no matter what it is saying, what party it is helping anything or any country it's about. It's dangerous. And these are the things that happen on the left and the right.
0: Well, if that were the case, no one would listen to the mainstream media at all because they're kind of partial quarter truths and they just kind of make it up as they go and attack everybody they don't like. So anybody in the mainstream media, you just can't trust at all, which would be relatively true. So she's right on that one. However, because she had a support for Donald Trump and because she was a former QAnon supporter, then she has now been voted to be cast off of her committees. At the same time, however, the third-ranking Republican, Liz Cheney, she has been voted to retain and by the way it was a closed vote so no one really knew it was kind of a private thing but out of wyoming she has been voted to retain her committee leadership while she on the other hand was the other side of the republican spectrum that voted with democrats to impeach donald trump so the establishment moderate that hates the donald trump movement got to stay in her committees The one who really didn't have anything to do with Trump, but she was a QAnon supporter. She got cast out because she's too radical for the party. That's where the Republican Party is today. What does the future hold? That's up to you to decide on whether the leadership in D.C. is exactly what you want from the Republican Party or not. That does it for us today. Podcast going up in a bit. Wrapping up the show tomorrow for the week on a Friday. It's going to be a big one. Don't miss it. Until then, I'm Andy Hoosier. It's The Voice Reason. Everybody have a great Thursday. fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at whosyourreason.com. Again, whosyourreason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.